Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It is June 6th. And we're up to episode 197. I'm Gavin Picking, and I'm joined today by Brad Wood. 197. We're getting close, Gavin. I know. I'm trying to time it so right when after you guys all get back from a CF camp. I think it would probably be the right time for that one. <laughs> we'll have to, to see how it works out. But uh, but yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff going on. Uh, again, conference season is still in swing. Everyone just got off of school, so... Hopefully we don't get too many kids bashing through our doors for the podcast, but we'll try our best. It looks like Charlie's just got some recent news already added to the the chat. If you guys are in there, give us a yell. Say hi. Hey, Charlie. How's it going? Okay, well, let's get on with this. So first up, let's thank our sponsor, Order Solutions. So what do we make, Brad? What does Order Solutions make? Do you know? Um, friends. That too. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't actually opened the show notes. I well, to go I guess I'll wander around you. and figure out where those are. For those who don't know, Order Solutions makes Cold Box, Command Box, Forge Box, Text Box, and all your other favorite boxes out there. There's a few we don't make, and those are the ones you don't like, and that's okay. But there's a few <laughs> ways you can say thanks to Order Solutions, and some of these are free and, uh, and they're still appreciated. Like liking, subscribing our videos on YouTube. Uh, you guys can. Um, basically go star our repos and, and fork our repos up on GitHub because it really helps uh, make CFML but also orders products better and other community projects too. So if you like other uh, you know, CFML projects, make sure you like and star them. It's, it's important to give them some love. So um, you can obviously, uh, hopefully you're listening to this podcast on your podcast app or watching live in the YouTube. So uh like us on YouTube, subscribe so you can follow up and see when we go live. Also, subscribe on your podcast player and leave us reviews. It really helps. And uh, leave us comments on these, hopefully the good ones. But uh, on the YouTube videos, it's always good to see a comment there. And then um, you can sign up for free or paid CFCast accounts. We release content almost every week. Uh, we got a lot of content coming your way very soon. And the Box Life store has some cool merch for you as well, which I'll post in the chat. What else can they do, Brad? I don't know. I still can't get any of his dang show notes. Like in some stupid redirect loop where Google doesn't think I'm me or something and I'm logging in for the seventeenth time. Oh, are we here? Yep. Fingers I see crossed. You. Show notes. Oh. See if it kicks me out again. Well, I'll say Google, it first. I'm like knock knock and Google Google Drive is like, who's there? And I'm Brad Brad Wood's like, I don't think you are. <laughs> Not on my watch, you're Brad Wood. Um, am I supposed to talk about Ordis Books now? Yep, that's where we're at. Hey, yeah, Ordis Books. Uh, yes, we have a couple of orders books, maybe more if I'd write the command box one, um, the tips and tricks. But we have the 102 cold box HMVC, quick tips and tricks and those available on Gumroad. <clears throat> and we also have our Learn Modern Cold Fusion uh, in 100 plus minutes. It's no longer 100 minutes, uh, which is free and online um, at ordersbooks.com. Or you can buy the ebook or paper copy as well. Yep. And uh, what I was. What I was thinking, though, is since you've released so many awesome um, command box videos lately, we should just get AI to transcribe them all, and then we can just make those into individual markdown tips, and then uh, we can probably make up, what, would you do 27 or 37 videos this last batch? Know. A lot. In, innumerable. 
Yep, and then there's uh, always lots of other ones. And so if someone just like follows Brad around writing down everything he, he sees, we could probably make a book pretty quick. So you already made some videos, so we're halfway there. But uh, we also want to uh, thank our Patreon supporters. We have 40 Patreons um, at patreon.com slash autosolutions, and uh, they're greatly supporting this podcast and our other open source initiatives. And we'll tell you more about them at the end of the show. But we want to make a big thanks to Kevin Wright, who just uh, made a huge bump up in his uh, Patreon pledge amount. So now he's paying for his annual package, so he got that little discount. But I think he just jumped up to a bronze member. So thank you, uh, Kevin, who spoke into the box as well. So, uh, you know, he's giving back and thanking us. So we appreciate that. So thank you, Kevin. Okay, let's get into the news and announcements. So first up, um, we have the Audis training coming up. Um, we've got some dates for you. We're confirming the venue. Got to make sure we get the contract signed before we tell you everything. But we're doing the Cold Box Zero to Hero in Las Vegas. Um, it's going to be just down the street from the Mirage. So you can go to um, CF, Sum CF Summit in Vegas on the the 2nd and the 3rd. And then you can come to our training for the 4th and the 5th of October. And... Um, so we're working on the venue, but it's going to be just a couple miles from the Mirage. So you guys can still stay at the Mirage a couple extra nights and do the training. Or um, I think there's going to be a Marriott right next to where the, the training venue is. So you could always just move there after the conference. Registration will be up and open soon. Um, but we're looking for a great group of people who want to touch up on their cold box skills. And we'll start slow, but uh, get, get you a long way there and give you a lot of tools that we use every day for a cold box. So we're looking and forward to doing the training. And that's a two-day workshop? two-day workshop so before into the box we sometimes uh do those one-day workshops and it's really hard and fast you know so this gives you two days we can take a little bit more time we can dive in a little deeper you know it's really a, a good good amount of time to really give everyone everything they need so uh the workshop will be a two-day workshop and so we're just like said finalizing the, the the venue and and pricing so we will have it out for you soon but uh, if you're not in the Vegas area for on October, we got some uh, other workshops coming up pretty soon here, right, Brad? Uh, we do. We have the CF uh, Camp pre-conference workshop, <clears throat> which we have like what seventeen uh, workshops we're doing. Okay, maybe it's more <laughs> like four, uh, but it's 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 the most that we've ever uh, we've ever offered. They had a lot of space available, and so we are giving you guys. Um, the entire world as far as your options so we have test box getting started with uh bdd tdd we have cold box seven zero to hero legacy code conversion to the modern world and command box server deployment to the modern age which is being done by yours truly and so we have four different um pre-conference workshops at cf camp and since you are one of our do we have an adjective today for our patreon supporters well it's not there's the patreon supporters but the podcast listeners so oh, yeah you're right right it's, it's it's just anybody listening to the podcast since you're one of our beloved podcast listeners whether or not you support us on patreon even though you should uh we have um a 30 percent discount you can use to register for one of those cf camp pre-conference workshops in munich germany um and that is ortus pre 30 so o-r-t-u-s-p-r-e three zero um so 30 percent discount so definitely if you're going to cf camp uh it's just one day i believe and go get registered for one of those pre-conference workshops using that uh 30 off um code yep very very cool so good to see and then um obviously if you guys missed the into the box or if you went and you want to see a little recap we have a cool little recap video that we just published up on youtube and so i'm going to share the link for that so you guys can go watch that um so 
it's pretty cool. There's a couple little interviews in there, right, Brad? Um, yeah. Um, well, actually, the recap video, I don't think it has any interviews. I think it's mostly just a little montage of uh, of clips with some fun music behind it. Unless it's a different recap video than the one I watched the other day. But okay. either way, no, go I, watch it. It's cool. Yeah, I saw, saw them working on it previously. I thought they were going to throw a couple little statements in there, too. But looks like a fun fun little video it was a great conference and can't wait till next year but uh cf camp is coming up and we have cf summit and we'll tell you a bit, a bit more about that as we get to the conference section yep so new releases and updates so lucy 5.4.0 release candidate is out and remember i put this in red so i would remember lucy's <laughs> minor releases in their code so 5.3 to 5.4 that's usually a minor release, but in the way Lucy does things, that is a major release. So, <laughs> well, uh, to to put it more succinctly, they put breaking changes in minor releases. So when they increment the middle number, or the second number, because they have four numbers, when yeah. they increment the second number, that's where they put breaking changes. So yes, um, yeah. now Lucy does do a really good job of being backwards compatible. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's typically very safe to upgrade Lucy. And if they have broken something, they've documented it. But that's obviously something to keep in mind, like Gavin just said. You want to make you want to make sure you test it. You want to make sure that they haven't changed anything. And they have actually done some. I mean, I'm not going to use a word like drastic. They've been making some some sweeping changes for the good in you know updating libraries because Lucy had just a massive collection of old libraries with vulnerabilities that were like kicking around in them. And then Zach's been going through. They've been updating all the stuff. They've been kind of pulling out some of the really super old crappy extensions uh, by default um just to make sure that lucy is small and and vulnerability free so um there might be a bit more chance that uh you'll need to add in an extension again that you used if you're doing like flash forms or god bless your soul if you are <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's pretty well documented but yeah definitely I'll, I'll test it I like that one of the notes here says all the Java libraries which have been that have been updated in six have also been updated in five four. So if you go to five four, mm-hmm. it's a good place to test all the Java libraries that when you do go to six are going to be changed anyway. So this will give you like a, a less sweeping change um, from going straight to six, give you a little bit more familiarity with some of those. Yeah, and um, and Lucy's promising a release at CF Camp, aren't they? Full I don't box. know. I. Or do we have that elsewhere in the show notes? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I've heard rumors, but if you heard that, oh, well, it might be more. No, it was it was definitely said at some point on Twitter or Slack or something that mm. I thought they were looking to have a Lucy 6 release at CF Camp. However, given the proximity of CF Camp to today, that may be a release candidate or a beta. I don't know. I can't imagine Lucy 6 being stable by then, but um, yeah. I, I know they've been, they've been hammering at it, even though they've been backporting a lot of stuff to 5.4. Because 5.4 is basically going to be, from my understanding, the LTS version of 5, meaning, you know, the last giant, everything should be stable here. If you can't get to Lucy 6, you can sit on Lucy 5.4 for a while. We'll we'll see how that happens. But anyway. Very cool. Well, next up, uh, we have a command box next uh, ticket, but you wanted some discussion on that, right? Um, Did I? Where? Well, there was a, a tweet about it, and you're talking about adding rewrite map feature similar to apache oh no that's not the one i want to discuss and you're confusing another message that i sent out about the uh maria for j maria db for oh, j yeah, right uh library yep. uh but i can talk about both of those quickly um sure. i've been doing an absolute equal ton of work on command box 
uh, preparing a lot of our command box pro features, which will still be freely usable for development and testing purposes. Uh, but multi-site is one of those uh, features. You can have multiple sites instead of a single command box server, uh, but a fully fledged web server for each of them. Um, and so as part of that, we I just been refactoring code and ripping out old code and all sorts of new features have been added. Uh, and so as I've been scouring through the code, I had found some support that I'd never actually used, but had been in there for years that Denny had added. Um, and this ability to uh, use a, I don't know if, I'm, if, if it's pronounced Maria or Maria. I never know how Maria. to pronounce it. Maria? Okay, thanks. The MariaDB for uh, j which is like an embedded Java version that, you know, loads up the, the native binaries for you. But anyway, the ability to have an embedded um, database, Maria database, uh, that's actually part of Renoir. And I don't know if I've ever known anybody that used it, uh, but there's some code in there. And so I had put a discussion out on the community forum basically saying, um, has anybody ever used this? Like, can I like rip the code out? Is it useful? Should I actually document it? And maybe people would use it. Um, <clears throat> there is a module that Yan, uh, Yannick had made, um, Jan Yannick had made uh, a while back that did a similar thing, but he would just start up a separate, you know, uh, server process that would load up the, the Maria uh, DB4J stuff. But anyway, if, if you're, if you've ever used that or you're interested in the, the Maria DB for J stuff that's kind of baked into Runwar, um, you can go comment on that post on on the Ordis community forum and just let me know if you're like, uh, no, I've never used it, rip it out, who cares? Or oh, it could be useful, maybe we should document it and and people will look at it. Um, the second thing, uh, which there wasn't necessarily any discussion necessary, but I was talking with Emmett um, in our box team Slack about Command Box Pro, the new cool multi-site stuff, and, he's, and the new SSL stuff. You can now do SNI which we've never been able to do in command box because I've just never got around to doing it. And that means you could have multiple SSL sites bound to the same IP address, but they each had their own SSL certs. And then when the request comes in, the server chooses the correct SSL cert based on the host name, which That's Apache cool. does this, IIS does this. Command box only let you have one SSL cert. Now you're going to have effectively an unlimited number of SSL certs across an unlimited number of SSL bindings bound with an unlimited number of bindings to an un unlimited number of sites. So it's like a real big boy web server now. And so SNI is the fancy acronym that that makes all that work. So I was talking with Emmett about testing SNI, and he mentioned a rewrite uh, tool that he likes to use in Apache, uh, which there wasn't an equivalent for. And that's called a rewrite map, which I really had never used before. But basically, mm -hmm. you can have an external text file um, that just kind of has like key value pairs. And you could it could be thousands of lines of a text file. And let's say you want to do some old school legacy rewrites where you have, you know, site.com slash product slash blenders. And then in that rewrite map file, it would say blenders corresponds with ID 47. And you would have a rewrite rule that would say, go look up blenders, pull the mapped value, and then rewrite to ID equals 47 or whatever. And so um, I was like, dude, I could totally like build that onto Undertow because Undertow was just like, crazy, sick, extensible. Um, and so I did it. Uh, I added in a, a rewrite map feature where you can declare an external file. You can say whether or not the map's case sensitive. Um, it'll uh, it'll parse that, it'll cache it. And then there's a new exchange attribute, which basically follows the Apache syntax, where you can say, go get the value out of this map, this named map file, give as many as you want using this key. And then you can use it in your rewrites. Um, so that's done. It's on the bleeding edge of command box. And uh, I'd love for anybody who uses uh, rewrite maps in Apache 
And that's maybe been something keeping them from going just full bore command box um, to go get that a test and see how well it works. Because my goal is so you don't ever need to have another web server. Command box does everything. You drop it in and it supports everything you need. You don't need to have Nginx or Apache or anything else sitting in front of it. Um, so yeah, that's the rewrite map stuff. It's, uh, it's documented pretty well in the ticket and it's all part of the, the 6.0 alpha build, which anyone's free to download and play around with. Just keep it in mind, but the multi-site stuff eventually will become part of Pro if you want to use it in production. But cool, cool. that's those two features. Yeah, sorry, you're right. I did read both tweets that are right next to each other, and I read half of the first one and then half of the second <laughs> one and put them together. But I separated them in the show notes, so hopefully everyone who reads them can uh, make some sense of it. And then, uh, of course, just in case you missed it, Adobe Cold Fusion 2023 was released. Woo! And uh, we have the uh, Forgebox versions up and running, right? So they can uh, get we do. those from Command Box. Just start up, uh, change, choose your CF engine, and away you go. So, Yeah. So prior to the release, we had, I mean, because we had the betas and the private alphas of, of 2023 on Forgebox for months. Yeah. And so we had changed over... Um, a collection of our largest cold fusion libraries like cold box test box content box we had changed those builds to be running the our build and all of our test suites against uh our our matrix of cold fusion engines which include you know, lucy 6 and lucy 5 and adobe 2021 and 2018 and we'd had 2023 in that list um and it's really easy to do when you're using command box and anything on forge box is available to to start up a server with and so we have um most of those builds I already switched over now, running them against the final release of 2023. Um, and if you're using any command box Docker image, you can always immediately use whatever version of 2023 is out as soon as we put it on Forge Box, which is usually that day or the next day. <laughs> yeah, it's it when they drop it in the middle of uh, into the box, and you and Bre- <laughs> you and John are pretty busy. Yeah, that did take took, an extra day or two. <laughs> yeah, it took us two or three days that time because we were right in the middle of into the box when they released it. Um, but, uh, we, we were happy. We worked directly with Adobe on the 2023 release, getting some bugs ironed out that actually affected Coldbox. So, um, thanks to Adobe for working with us because very, very close before the release, there were still some major issues, um, which turned out to be minor bugs, but they had major impacts on Coldbox application, just little parsing Piccadillo's out there. But anyway, um, due to our giant test suites across all of our products we have we're able to test um i don't want to say every square inch of, of cfml but a large portion of cfml that at least that affects our libraries and uh it, it was nice to be able to, for us to give adobe the thumbs up and say not only does your stuff work but our stuff works or our stuff doesn't work please fix it yep and then i know that yeah talking to mark too like he was able to get to the engineers and get the right people on it too so thanks mark for all you do as well Oh yeah, Mark Mark Dakota is doing God's work, man. Yeah, <laughs> he, he definitely helped us get that uh, get that all fixed before the release. Yeah, for sure. So very cool. But yeah, if you haven't tried it, go try it out. There's uh, a lot of cool features in it. You know, they've got some GWT integration. They've got GraphQL client stuff, uh, LDAP and SAML integrations, HTML PDF engines have been updated. Lots of stuff in there, and uh, they've got some some stuff coming your way soon. Speaking of. Uh, webinars, meetups, and workshops. We have a couple from the online CF meetup coming up here. So uh, we have the many ways to run CF and Lucy with Charlie Earhart. 
So this Thursday, June 8th at 12 Eastern, he's going to be talking about the different ways you can run those there. So um, he's going to be talking about deploying that different ways. You know, everyone talks about Docker. It's not always about Docker. You know, there's obviously GUI installers, old school traditional installations. There's silent installation and updates, command box, wire files, Docker, you name it. It's on there. So Charlie's going to go through and cover all that. So you can go check out that meetup. And then um, he is doing a Hidden Gems in 2023 at CF Camp. You just want to, you know, cover that one as well. But then we have uh, another one coming up as well. So Octoperf, the load testing tool for modern web apps. And Brad, you're a little more cultured than me. How the heck do you say that name? Well, it's French. Uh, the, the first word is the French equivalent of William. It's like Gilliam or something. And that a low... Uh, I'm I'm not that good at, at French pronunciations. Um, yeah. I always struggle. Um, but uh, Gilliam <laughs> is the name of the guy. Uh, so this isn't a cold fusion uh, talk specifically, then, is it? It's just a testing, no, load testing tool? No, but yeah, it's for integrated development interface to be able to test browsers and execute tests against your application. So um, he's going to be using a full-blown test campaign with meaningful user journeys in under 20 minutes. So I'm kind of curious if it's building on top of something like, you know, Cypress or, or you know, Playwright or if it's something else. Because those tools are cool. Like Playwright does some amazing things and Cypress is even using Playwright for some stuff now. So I'm wondering what Octoproof is. So if you guys are interested, next Thursday, June 15th at 12 Eastern, um, Gulia. Um, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. We apologize. But if you want to learn how to pronounce his name and everything about Octoperf, uh, Charlie is doing that meetup the following week. So great to see the online CF meetup back in action. And then we have a whole bunch of Adobe events coming up, right, Brad? That is correct, good sir. We have the Adobe Cold Fusion Workshop, which is an online event coming up on Wednesday, June 21st, uh, 9 a.m. Central. <clears throat> yeah, but I think Brian right? Brian Sappy is leading that one, I believe. They don't have a description here, unless I'm yeah, I didn't it. go and put all the description in there. But um, Brian uh, Brian Sappy um, is leading that one. Leverage Cold Fusion to create amazing web content. Um, okay, blah blah blah. Multiple cloud, major features. How to use CFML? Looks like a pretty high level. Just why Cold Fusion is cool kind of thing. Object oriented programming, basic error handling, PDF. All right. Yep. Um, yeah, there's that, and then we also have the Adobe Cold Fusion 2023 release in Docker and Google Cloud Platform webinar, which is two days later on Friday, June 23rd. Yep, this is one that was postponed from May 10 a.m. Pacific. Yep, oh, so. and so this is Mark Takata uh, doing this one. Yep. And if you want to find out more, we have a whole bunch more listed in the show notes. But if you go to the Cold Fusion tab, you can see they've got uh, workshops June 28th, uh, July 26th. We have another one from Mark and the Fortuna series, and then uh, another workshop on the ninth. So basically, next three months, got a workshop and a webinar uh, for each of those. So lots of cool stuff coming out from Adobe there. So if you're looking to find out more about Adobe 2023, um, yeah, they got a few coming out there, and those the next one actually they have the uh, developer rep from Google Cloud Platform for um, the one in June with Mark. So he's got him coming to talk about Docker in the Google Cloud Platform with Adobe 2023. So pretty cool. And again, we'll put leave the rest in the show notes, but we don't need to go over all of them because they're 
every month and lots of good content. Okay, let's talk about CFCAS. So Brad, if you were trying to describe someone in 30 second elevator pitch, what would you say about CFCAS? It's like lower cast, but CF. What's oh, lower class? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll find out yourself. <clears throat> For those who don't know, Lowercast is actually a website we base, by we I mean Eric, base uh, CFCast off of, which is for the Laravel framework in PHP. And the guide created this concept of a website that he posts weekly content to. You pay a few bucks to be able to view all the little tutorials and stuff. And it's just real hands-on, useful uh, content. Uh, we've expanded CFCast, which is obviously cool fusion-based stuff, to be not only uh, generic cold fusion content, not even cold box specific, but also to have uh, paid content uh, along with, uh, sorry, I meant free content along with the paid content. And we use CFCast to put our into the box recordings onto every year. We use CFCast to put our webinar recordings onto. So we have everything uh, kind of running the gamut from, you know, one hour recordings to one hour conference sessions to five minutes tips and tricks videos to series that have a bunch of little 10 minute videos that walk you through building an app. Um, and it's uh, it's all applicable to anybody doing any kind of cool fusion work, even though a lot of the, the videos may center around a, a box product. In some cases, uh, that's not always the case. We have some generic, just like object oriented programming type of content on there. And we have a bunch of our trainings, our like full day workshop trainings that we do. We've broken up into chunks. So if it's a uh, cool fusion related training, we have it on CFCast. Yeah. Now, I mean, the guy who made the the Laracast one, Jeffrey Way, I think he had a jQuery mm -hmm. cast eventually, or like back in the day too. Like he's done a lot of training oh, really? over time, and he slowly, you know, he got to Laravel. But he did. I'm hey. pretty sure he did jQuery. Like I remember watching him a long time ago. That guy is probably filthy rich. You, he doesn't say anywhere how many subscribers Laracast has, but given the size of the PHP community, he probably has like tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands yeah and i mean the creator of of laravel um taylor otwell or whatever has one hundred and fifty thousand followers compared to you know our little <laughs> cold fusion world i think even adobe's cold fusion thing doesn't have 10k you know i think like you and Luis are pretty high up there as far as you know developers and we've got you know a couple thousand so he's yeah scores of magnitudes above that but uh yeah. Unfortunately, that means it's, it's harder to monetize stuff like this when you're in a much smaller pool. Uh, but anyway. But yeah, I mean, uh, but CFCast is doing great. We got a lot of great content. Um, it is, so, it is. Uh, obviously, you yeah. just released 27 or 37 videos on Command Box. And uh, what else we got released recently? Uh, we've got the Forgebox Module of the Week series, uh, 2023. So we've got a new video on that one. We also had the VS Code Hint, tip and trick of the week series so we have a new video there um and then we have um all of the sessions from the previous end of the box years 2022 2021 2020 and 2019 are all available in cfcast um i think you added it up once if you watched like everything in cfcast it would take like days and days or something right if you just That's stayed awake 24 hours a day to watch everything we have up there Yes, there's definitely a, a ton of videos up there already, and we're adding more all the time. I was going to see if we look at browse. 
it doesn't have the a total we'll have to look at that later but but yeah and we do have uh some more coming soon so into the box 2023 videos uh, will be available for purchase soon they're going to be exclusive premium package so um basically if you attended the conference you get them included in your ticket if not you can purchase them and if you are a subscriber you will get access to them after the premium package expires so you get them six months later so uh, we have this exclusive package because of the you know, just the extra work that goes into the conference and everything else. So um, if you want to see them, you'll have to purchase them or if attended the conference. Otherwise, when you wait your turn, they'll become available to the subscribers. Uh, again, probably around Christmas time. So Merry Christmas to you then. But uh, we'll have that <laughs> available up there soon and we'll have the purchase information available for you too. But we've got more Forgebox of VS Code podcast snippet videos getting up there. And Eric is working on uh, Coldbox Elixir and a, a CB Inertia JS series. So you can look at those very soon. Okay. CFCast.com. Go check it out. Remember, if you're a Patreon Bronze member, you get a subscription included as a perk. So very cool. <clears throat> okay conferences and training so what do we got coming yeah. up brad so i talked about this earlier when i handed out that discount code <clears throat> but for cf camp in munich germany our pre-conference we have four trainings available to you and so this is going to be 21st of june which is coming up real soon mm, and it's oh, at yeah. the marriott hotel um in the the munich marriott hotel munich airport is the name of it in Freising, which is like a 15 minute taxi ride uber ride from the airport um, so Eric Peterson is doing test box, getting started with BDD, TDD. Oh my, uh, Luis Mahana was doing cold box seven from zero to hero. Dan card is doing legacy code conversions to the modern world. And that's not necessarily a cold box. Actually, it's not really a cold box talk at all. It's really just ways to modernize legacy code. He told me he will cover cold box at one point later in the session, but it's really just modern, modern things you can do in legacy code. So don't be scared off by that one. If you're not into into cold box and then i'm doing brad wood i'm doing command box server deployment for the modern age which is really just covering all the stuff command box servers do and i'll be covering all the new multi-site stuff oh my gosh there's so much stuff to cover um i don't even know how i'm gonna fit it all in one day but the the discount code for that again or just pre 30 o-r-t-o-s-p-r-e-3-0 uh we'll get you 30 percent off those trainings Yep, and if you want a little bit more reason to pick Brad or Luis, is they made little YouTube videos, so you can check them out. So I posted those in the show notes, and you can look at those. But yeah, thirty percent discount's a great deal, um, and again, support uh, support Otis, but also get to hang out with these guys for another day before the conference. So when is CF Camp, Brad, and when do you leave for it? Uh, too soon. <laughs> uh, CF Camp is the 22nd and 23rd. So our our pre-conference trainings are the 21st, and the next two days, June 22nd, 23rd, um, are the dates for that. And I'm actually not going early or staying late this year. Uh -huh. Um, well, I was going to with uh, my youngest daughter who hasn't traveled with me yet, and my and my wife. But we like waited an extra week to get our tickets. This was like a month oh, ago. That's right. And the prices had like doubled. So, um. We're gonna we're gonna go and hang out in in Germany and see the Neuschwanstein castle and all that stuff. We're just gonna gonna do it in August. <laughs> we push our vacation back a month because the prices got way cheaper to to buy them a little sooner. Uh, so I'm just coming out the day before um, on the twentieth, and I'm leaving on the twenty fourth, the day after the conference. So um, I won't be uh, I won't be doing anything crazy before or after, but I will be there the entire time, uh, looking quite forward to 
hanging out in the the, ho- the hotel there in Rising. That Marriott Hotel has a really nice like uh, restaurant and a bar, and it's just a great place to hang out and talk with people um, after the conference. So I cannot wait to see a whole like group of people that I haven't seen in person since before COVID. Um, sure. Other than Adam Cameron, uh, who was just into the box like two weeks ago. So I am excited to see Adam Cameron again, but I just saw him, which is uh, which is fun because I hadn't seen him since the last CF Summit, I think, 2016. Yeah, yeah, because we CF had talked Camp? about it. No, no, I think it might have been CF Summit since we last seen each other. Yeah, it was a while ago. Anyway, yeah, yeah it, it sucks that it, it's so much time passes between getting to uh, meet up with people in person, but I'm I'm super excited about going back over to Germany. Very cool. So, um, yeah, go check it out, cfcamp.org. Um, and again, lots of lots of great content there and lots of great people. So definitely one of those cool ones. And uh, I had some family stuff come up. I keep threatening to go visit them, but uh, maybe next year. So, But next up, uh, we have that conference. And it's funny because everyone says, which conference? And I said, yeah, that conference. That and that's conference. the name. Yep. So that conference, um, it's a pretty fun uh, conference. Very family-oriented, which is kind of cool. They actually have like a family track, a kids track, a partners track. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of, kind of neat, but they have the whole, um, summer camp vibe. And so the counselors is what they call them. You know, they have the, the sit up and everything else, but camper tickets, they've got, you know, three day camper with no food, four day camper with everything or family campers starting at $99. So they got family sessions and you get access to the pig roast with a bacon buffet and a water park <laughs> party. So if you bring your kids and stuff, it's during uh, July. So you guys can go the, in summertime. Um, it's July 24th through the 27th and in the Wisconsin Dells. And it's a cool resort. Lots of cool things happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool. They have the no food option too, because some people can't eat the, the conference food. Maybe they've got dietary restrictions and everything else, you know? So it's kind of nice just to have a cheaper option, but pretty cool. But yeah, a lot of different sessions, 200 plus sessions, and it's got a whole bunch of different content. And um, you might be able to see one of our very own um, because we've got two people from the Autis family. We've got Daniel Garcia, who's going to be presenting on Please, Mr. Postman, do you have an API for me? And his son is actually doing a a Rubik's Cube session. He's actually leading that session. So he got chosen as a speaker too, which is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get in my schedule for next year, try and try and submit something fun there and uh, take the kids yeah, to the water park. That's so. that's super awesome that his son is actually presenting as well. Yeah, the funny thing was his son got um, picked first. <laughs> so Daniel and Daniel was like, oh, oh man. man. It's like, I hope they pick me too. It's going to be an expensive ticket. But he's like, they're going to go anyway because they had so much fun last year. He presented last year as well, and he said it was awesome. So he's taking everybody in. Yeah, so... Very cool. Um, and again, I think that's something we should try and do more of the, you know, fun family things. And it's, you know, yeah, I love the idea of the family conference. Um, cause a lot of times people will bring, you know, a spouse with them or something to a cold fusion conference. Mall of America worked well for that. Cause like, you know, the CF objective stuff that used to be there, you know, it was like a great place just to go hang out in the mall, but this conference is like literally dedicated to the idea of your whole family coming out and hanging out and having tracks that the kids would find interesting. And that's a really cool concept. Yep. But speaking of cool concepts, um, Adobe Cool Fusion Summit West in Las Vegas is going to be firing up again in the 2nd through the 4th of October. So early bird passes are out now. They got extended, uh, actually. They were going to oh. expire, so they lasted a little longer. 
it's so, so it looks like you can get June fifteenth. Yeah, session pass for ninety nine dollars. That's pocket change. Yeah. Um, and then a professional pass for one ninety nine. What does that mean? What's the professional you get to do pass, the, Gavin? The certification, the Cold Fusion certification training oh, the day after. Yeah. So if you're if you're not going to do the Cold Box training, uh, you can do their professional pass on the fourth. Um, otherwise, you can do this conference October second and third, and come and hang out with me and Luis and some other Ordus members for the Cold Box Zero to Hero for the fourth. So Ordus's Cold Box Zero to Hero overlaps with their certification, right? Yeah, we tried to okay. get it beforehand, but the weekends, you know, like none of the venues are open on the weekends essentially for you know trainings, and the hotels are triple the price so we're like well if we do it right after that means people can you know maybe fly on sunday night do the two-day conference with adobe two-day workshop with us and then hit home early on friday and have you know be home in time for the family on the weekend so um and the pricing gets a lot better it was basically brought the price of the rooms down by a third or two a third and the you know like i said the venues that were available on the weekends were ridiculous so we're right. trying to bring it down. We, we can't match Adobe's pricing, that's for sure, because I know that they, <laughs> they pay like five or $600 off everyone's ticket. Yeah, they Adobe's heavily marketing. subsidize it to make it super cheap, which is awesome. They're able to do that. Yeah, exactly. So definitely take the, it up. You know, The and, call for speakers is also open as well. So if you're interested in speaking, and that includes me because I'm a lazy bum and I haven't put in any, any sessions yet, <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be open. I, I heard it might be open through the end of this month, but... I don't want to count on it. I need to get my stuff in. So uh, the call for speakers uh, form is just a really simple form. You just uh, slap in your stuff and um, definitely get your topics in. We were like, I think the other people at orders were all having like placing bets. so You could post the most number of topics. We weren't trying to. And I I think Nolan still beat everybody anyway. So it didn't matter. No, I don't know. I I got, I got a Nolan level 12 in already. So, Oh, wow. You got 12 topics. in. I don't even know if I can compete with that. Well, well, a couple of them, I changed the name and the little description of them. They're very similar, but I know that they'll appeal to different crowds. So, but yeah, I was just, I was only going to do like four or five, because it's like you never know what to submit to see if some it's a very different crowd there usually 80 85 percent of the people i've never seen before in my life and the others are you know are very new but it's really cool coming up having people come up and say hey we listed the podcast i'm like you do <laughs> cool <laughs> like i didn't know that but uh so we got a lot of a lot of people coming up and saying hi the booth was super busy last year so if you're a patreon come say hi if not uh definitely come up and check out the booth we're going to try and have a, a big orders turnout again uh, we we love the conference and we love the food there too. There's great food, and we're we're hoping that uh we're gonna be right next to Foco de Chow's for the the training, so we can go to Foco de Chow's after the training. So oh yeah, that sounds good. Get that get that shrimp. Yeah, as well. And uh, obviously, Top Golf is always fun just to hang out. And <laughs> all hours of the night, it's a good time. But yeah, so go get your speaker um, submission in there. But if not, ninety nine bucks. Like to be honest. Paying ninety nine dollars for the stress of not having to present might be worth it, but uh, you do get a hotel thrown in if you do get speak, so that's kind of kind of nice too. But uh, but yeah, and again we did say the the orders training, so call box zero to hero, October fourth and fifth. Um, we're going to be getting that registration form up soon. We're just confirming the venue. Uh, we got a couple of good options. We're just trying to get the best deal and make sure that everyone can do that. But if you're going to book your ticket, you know, make sure you save a couple of days for that. Um, and again. Uh, we're hoping to have uh, a few more of the oldest people there. So, you know, maybe you got some questions you want to throw at Brad if he's hanging around after or whatnot. Um, you know, you might be able to do some of that too. So, but it's always a good time to to meet up again, old friends. And we're looking forward to it. And if you don't have enough 
conferences. You can get comps.tech and find out uh, a few more other ones online and in person around the place. But when you do, you'll see just how expensive all those other conferences are. So it makes our ones look pretty, pretty affordable. Okay. Yep. Whoops, I think I got the wrong order here. Aha, there we go. Blog, tweets, and videos of the week. I was like, it's not time for jobs yet. So, first up, we have one, and I'll let you talk about this one from Ben because he's talking about a code cutter about simple dependency injection with cold fusion. Did you look at this one, Brad? Did um, you... no, I did not. Code cutter. I know what code cutters are. Um... Simple dependency injection DI with cold fusion. I believe this should just be a blog post on Wirebox because it's pretty simple. <laughs> um, oh no, it appears it's not. So um, yeah, it was, I actually listened to um, the Working Code podcast and he was talking about it. I'm on the early access, so you guys wouldn't have heard it yet. But um, yeah, he was looking at you know trying to build one. He's just doing some simple stuff and so he's like well you know it's a fun code cutter maybe i can build my own and sort of see what i need to do and you know he looked at di1 and wirebox and everything and you know he wanted to see well what do i actually need i'm not doing anything too fancy so i don't need all the awesome stuff that the wirebox and di1 can do um you know i think he talked even mentioned like model glue in the in the past and everything but anyway i guess he wrote it in about 300 lines of code you know, it's not doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but you should call it DI one half. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, so basically, you walk through that. Um, you know, it's kind of a fun little code cutter. But um, yeah, again, I like I like Ben's methodology, but uh, I know that uh, Adam Cameron is on the other side of the the planet uh, fuming when Ben starts talking on the podcast. I swear, Ben just riles Adam up on purpose when he talks about writing tests and then deleting them because he doesn't need them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or rewriting dependency injection frameworks but uh but ben listens to the show um but yeah he has a lot of great stuff and it's it's really cool to see a simple broken down version of things like this you know because everyone sees these frameworks that we've built and everything and they're like you know they might be a little overwhelmed but sometimes at the core of it it's not as not as complicated as you think you know just a lot of best practices built in but uh ben was also bu busy because uh, on june 1st um we had the 16th annual regular expression day. Do you remember this, Brad? Every year, Ben does a regular expression day. And you... No, I must have missed that. Sorry, oh, really? Scanning through the blog post. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he uh, has his um, regular expression day. And so he's basically, over the last 16 years, he celebrates regular expressions, you know, and how cool they are. And so every year, he just sort of does a little bit different deep dive into it. Um, but yeah, re regular expressions are awesome. And but the funny, what's the saying? It's like, you know, I've got a problem, but I know the answer is regular expressions, and now I've got two problems. <laughs> um, somehow it goes, but that's the gist of it. Yeah. It says developers see a problem and think, I know I'll solve it with a regular expression. Well, now you have two problems. That's, yeah. But uh, but, I mean, one cool thing about ChatGPT, like it can explain what it's doing pretty well. Sites like Regex are really good too, and uh, they're definitely very powerful. So, but yeah, although I found a little bug yesterday trying to use regular expressions, didn't I, Brad? Working um, with... well, yeah, it turns out it had nothing to do with regex, but, uh, you did find a bug in command box, which is fixed in the bleeding edge. Yep. But yeah, so, uh, you know, 
again, regular expressions. And I think last time, did he have it where, yeah, he has the previous versions. So these, you can go back in time and see all those different Reg X ones. He's got prizes of the first ones. Why are there no prizes now? Man. Hmm. But uh, So he started back in 2008. It's kind of crazy that he's been posting it for this long. But very cool. Okay, Brad, what else has Ben talking about? Have you seen the... I don't know. I'm, re- I'm reading it now. Using nested locks to synchronize background data cleanup. It's interesting. I've been doing a lot of Java development this last month since I've been working on uh, RunWire, which is the server component of Commandbox. And there's so many things in Java that I'm just reminded how much easier it is to do in Cold Fusion. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, this would be so easy if I were Cold Fusion. Uh, and just case sensitivity annoys the crap out of me. Everything's always case sensitive. And I'm just so used to it not mattering. And so I have to go through all this extra effort. Uh, but locking is, an, is another thing. Um, you know, like Cold Fusion developers appreciate CF lock because it is a, it's so much simpler, in my opinion, than a lot of the locking constructs in Java, which also tend to be heavy-handed, I think. You know, synchronize an entire method, an entire class. Uh, and the ability to do something like a named lock or even just a, a read-only lock um, isn't, isn't nearly as easy out of the box with Java. So... Anyway, I'm I'm looking at what he's doing here with nested locks. He's starting with a read-only lock, and then he does an exclusive lock. I'm not. I would have to read this to understand. Yeah, so he's he's got an outer lock that deals with the background pruning of expired tokens, and the inner lock deals with a user verifying single tokens. So just different levels of locks, and so. He's got a read-only lock on the outside and then exclusive lock on the inside. And and obviously, you know, you got to check out the repo for all the code. He's trying to make it more readable in here as he, as he yeah, goes through. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would caution against nesting locks just in general because it's a really good way to create deadlocks. <laughs> um, I'd have to absorb this post to understand exactly what he's doing with it. Well, I mean, what I think he's trying to accomplish is probably sound in that, you know, you don't want to heavy... You want to, you don't want to just use heavy-handed locking and think, oh, I need to modify some data that may be used. I'll just wrap everything in an exclusive lock, um, because then you know you have threads waiting that don't actually really need to wait. And so the whole goal is, you know, how do you keep just the the threads that are just getting some data from not having to wait in a lock, um, but the thread that's actually changing something, you know, is is appropriately locking what it needs to. But that always looks um, a little different based on what you're doing. Yeah, I I don't. I'm just trying to absorb the code here. Unless there's code missing, I've never written code where I have a read-only lock. And then I have... Oh, I see. He's using a different name. So he has a read-only lock called token service prune tokens, and then inside of it, he has a nested exclusive lock that only applies to a given token. Yes, yeah, so they don't want to uh-huh. verify the same one twice, basically. So he's single-threading that to make sure that we don't verify it twice. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I'd have to, I'd have to, it looks like this is kind of like a skeleton code. I'd have to see more what it's doing. Um, cause the pattern that I use a lot and I was just doing it in Java last week is <clears throat> if you have some sort of data that needs to be updated based on some flag and multiple threads, potentially the first one who reaches it could be the one that updates it. I always use the double check lock pattern where you check and say, is the data out of date? If so, acquire an exclusive lock. Then once you're inside the exclusive lock, ask again, is the data still out of date? And then only then do you update it. 
Because that way, if you have multiple threads all waiting to acquire the exclusive lock, only the first one in needs to update the data, and the rest of them can exit immediately. Um, but I, I don't like. I don't see any of that going on here, so I'd, I'd have to absorb this to understand um, what he's doing with it. I, personally, I would say that concept, the double check lock, is probably uh, I don't want to say more important because I don't quite understand what he's doing here. But that's probably one of the most important concepts to to grasp. And of course, uh, if Vincat were here, he would say that the even better thing is to use uh, locking as little as possible. <laughs> in all possible cases, just never lock. Um, and I actually, I did that. I was about to, last week, and I was writing some code for, uh, well, actually, it was that rewrite map functionality, right? If the if the date modified bit in the file changes, I have to reload the map in memory, and the server potentially is online and, you know, sustaining traffic Doing stuff, during yeah. this time. And I was going to synchronize the method or use a synchronized block, and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't need I don't need to have any synchronization. The thread that, you know, that updates, I want to make sure it only happens once, but I build the new data inside of a new hash map. And when it's done, I just switch the data out at the bottom of the method and there's no need to lock that. It's an atomic operation. Um, so, you know, at first I thought I would have locking that might block the thread just trying to use the data. And then when I thought more about it, I realized I don't need to have any locking at all, um, at least on the threads that are, that are looking to use the data, only the thread that updates the data. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, lock, locking is always difficult to talk about without examples and the examples to make them realistic oftentimes have more code that can be than can be easily uh grokked by just scanning them yeah but yeah i like i'm like i'd like to see that and the interesting thing about that that one of ben's is he's actually started a new project so he's doing this deep deep fitness mvp app and so he's rebuilding this sort of from scratch and he talks about it on the the working po the working code podcast and sort of the steps he's taking and everything so you know and and that's actually what the the next one we'll talk about from him is discussing as well but um before that we actually had a, a tweet from htmx org so that's the htmx org is sort of like the almost alpine js like stuff that they have going on and uh they kind of threw a little shade at see if mouse i thought i'd mention it and maybe people can go and comment on it but they were like how many young web developers today can even conceive of a world so based that technology logos could look like this and nobody cringed <laughs> so they're cringing on the earlier <laughs> logo uh people wore the stuff on t-shirts thought that was a cool logo man yeah the hand of a lightning bolt was classic yeah walking around living the moment high-fiving never forget what they took from you and so the funny thing is tony junkers is like uh should i feel attacked <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you should feel seen because you are seen. And then so HTMX, you know, hearts cold fusion, apparently. Uh, you know, a couple other people were like, um, you know, <laughs> basically responding like, hey, CFML rocks, you know. So I was going to say, if you guys uh, jump in and uh, leave a few extra comments, you know, if you're still on the Twitterverse, uh, go tell us that we love cold fusion and we love that shirt. <laughs> so I thought it was kind of, kind of a bit of a laugh. But back to Ben. So Ben uh, is building his MVP. And one of those, uh, one of the pieces in the MVP is he wanted to do um, a magic l password link setup, and so he sort of talks through that process in this blog post here. But the interesting thing too is he actually talked about some of the possible downsides with it, because um, you know some people are out to to basically make money by uh, what do they call it, um, like SMS trolling or tolling. Uh, and so I wonder if they can do stuff with email or, or whatnot too, but basically magic link. So if someone has your email, they can sign up for an account by just sending the email and it sends you a password. You never have to like create an account. It's just, it's connected. It's a passwordless login system. And so we talked about, you know, building this and, 
Again, he always puts the caution. I'm not a security expert. He's learning in public. Um, but I thought it was kind of interesting. But he was also saying, like, he may have to look at rate limiting or something. Because uh, for their business, a lot of people, I guess, in some other countries, you know, where it's not a, you know, like a millicent to send its SMS text message, some people actually will um, sign up as account, like, I'm a little cell phone provider in some this interesting small country. And so basically every time a text message gets sent through my system to one of my numbers that, you know, I get a kickback from the company for, for doing it. So like I get a percentage of the, whatever the fee is. And so I guess people are signing up to all these services where they send SMS verification codes to these weird numbers in other countries. And the person basically makes 20 cents, you know, for every text that they send. So they basically just spam all these forms with SMS numbers to phone numbers on their made up network that they get paid. And I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. I would never would have thought of that as a, a way to make money to basically sign up as a cell phone provider for a weird country so i assume it's basically like a short code where you like pay to text it yeah essentially and so like in, in you know Twilio in america is it's not that bad but you know some south american countries or whatever it might be 25 cents per text and the company who owns that number might get like a share 10 cents or 15 cents or whatever of the the text fee you know and maybe the main provider itself like the real company gets the other share or something but apparently that's what happens to a lot of big companies that they people just you know just basically try to get all these sms codes sent through their network and then uh yeah they make money off of it because your your company's wasting money and they're making money off of it so they're draining a big company's bank account and they're getting rich off the the toll which is i'm kind of surprised that the um the systems are using to send the text messages just automatically send those and incur the cost. Um, but the only time I've ever come across like the short codes that charge you money is when I went to text something on my phone and my phone would have this big warning that'd be like, Well, hold up, you're gonna be charged money if you send this text. Are you okay with it? I'd be like, Okay, never mind, I'm not. Um, so apparently these are configured in such a way that it just automatically incurs the cost, which is surprising. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a side tangent based, and you know, he just was talking about it in comparison to, to that. But yeah, I mean, like when you go sign up an account, it always asks you for your phone number for your SMS text, like Uber or whatever else. And so if you make up enough fake accounts with phone numbers in these accounts, the Uber basically sends a text message on your behalf, you know, with a code. And so that Uber sending it costs the money. And like I said, most things in America is really cheap, super, super cheap, but other countries aren't that way. And so... I guess that's just the one way to make money in other countries, which is weird. But, uh, you know, Ben's code just talks about, you know, sending a passcode, essentially. Just a one-time token, essentially, that he's creating and, and sending through. So, you know, I like these sometimes. I hate them at other times because I hate them to go into my email just to get something when I want to just log in somewhere. But it's nice to have the option because sometimes you can never remember the damn password. Every time you go log in, they've expired and they want a new one. So, uh, anyway, so... That's what Ben did. So you got full code examples up there. And again, you know, check out his little uh, fitness app that he's building. Uh, find out more about it. It's kind of cool to see apps like that built in public. But yeah, that's our blog posts for this week. <clears throat> so, me... so now we're on to our jobs. So looks like we have three new jobs listed on getcfmljobs.com. Yeah. Um, we have a full-time Confusion developer at Hyderabad, Telangana, India. All right. Yep. Review services posted uh, yesterday. Nice. Yep. And then we had um, a one from uh, some 
actually some people we know over at Kansas University, um, yeah. the Kansas Geological Service uh, Survey Group, the KGS at Canvas, uh, Canvas Kansas University. <laughs> uh, they have an application developer um, in Lawrence, <laughs> Kansas, and so that job is a. Uh, was posted on may 27th and they asked us to make sure we spotlight it here on the podcast so yeah consider that lawrence is only like 45 minutes away from where i live so i know a lot of people that go to ku that's pretty cool what they have a full fusion happening over there what's actually funny is that uh, ordis has done some training and work with this team um and you know normally when i but it's all been remote normally when i do you know, uh, consulting with companies, they're like somewhere else in the country or somewhere else in the world. And the irony is when I do it with these, these people, they're like 45 minutes away. It's like, well, I could have just drove over there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can drive over for a whiteboard session. If they're, we, we had actually stuff. joked about that at one point about having me like literally just like drive over at some point. Uh, but we'd never gotten around to it. We always just use zoom. Yep. Yeah. So I, I met them uh, on zoom not too long ago too. So mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. They're doing some, you know, some migration and stuff and, looks like a, a good team to work with and then yeah they also have another one here in the united states we have a lucy confusion developer uh at united states hyphen united states wow yeah, that's yeah. redundant uh it's in ba- is batesville is the name of the company i'm not familiar with that one i'm tra- is this an online position or is this in a yeah. specific area it's a if remote all it says it's is- a remote position um, uh, so that's why it's all generic-y Yep, um, Batesville is a diverse culture, solve unique industry challenges. Um, yeah, yeah sounds, that. it's yeah. cool that it lists uh Lucy specifically. Yeah, when they say Lucy slash cold fusion, they're either using both or they're just using Lucy and they wanted the cold fusion keyword in there. But yeah, either the, way, yeah, they're supporting existing custom applications written in Java, JavaScript, and or Lucy slash cold fusion. Um, yeah, you get to develop new application features and existing features based on requirements. And, uh, obviously there's a lot more if you guys want to read through it all, but, uh, so there's a few, yeah, I wonder what Batesville is. It said $600 million or something. It's a Batesville casket company. Interesting. Batesville sounds like a city. I know. So, I mean, they make 600 million a year in revenue. Um, it's huh. comprehensive portfolio of burial and cremation casket services. Well, there could be multiple companies called Batesville, even though that's the one that comes up at the top of Google. No, no, that's but, the one that I'm looking at on the job opportunities. Oh, oh, because I Googled and that was the name I was seeing. So that is uh, interesting. Yeah, well, just for those who are huh. at home, I'll share the screen real quick. So, yeah, so Batesville. Um, Discount yeah. caskets. That's $600 million of annual revenues means they're well, doing hey, okay there's, there's always there's always people dying and those caskets aren't cheap so yep for sure wow but they offer cremation and burial stuff so i wonder if they have but yeah interesting so i don't so, know what to do with cold fusion but it sounds it sounds cool especially since <laughs> they use lucy you know they they can't be too much of a stick in the mud if they're out there using lucy they've probably got some fun stuff going on oh very cool so yeah that wraps up our jobs again um the KGS Canvas University and there's job channels in the CFML Slack and the Box Team Slack channels too. And if you have any, let us know. We'll try and give you guys a little bit more special attention. It's nice to know the people behind the jobs too, not just uh, sending you off to some, you know, recruiter link that maybe is a, you know, unknown quantity. So <laughs> next up, um, ForgeBox module of the week. And Brad, were you we in Grant session? 
No, I don't think I was. I because I saw Scott Steinbeck's session on AI stuff, and I think Grants might been have been in the other room. Yeah, I was in, in, in the I, box. I was there, so I was like, I didn't think you were there because basically, no, if you were in one room, I had to be in the other room. It was just, yeah, I would yeah. have liked to have seen it. Scott's uh, AI session was awesome. He had a really good like just kind of history of the overview of the progression of like the actual libraries and what they do. Um, but yeah, so Grant had a, a library called CB Open AI. Uh, so it's a module that provides a simple API to access OpenAI's variety of AI service. Uh, yeah. And it looks like we have a link to his presentation. Yep, and which then I'm showing. The, yeah, the <laughs> AI will kill us all, Grant. Um, the, the module itself is on Box of the Forge. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, it's kind of interesting because he talked about, you know, text generation image of a media responding to to prompts and so um you know he talks about a different thing like the AO playground and then how how the sort of steps in so it does some pretty cool things create completions chat completions create images image variations and then uh, if you look through he's got some some code in there giving the prompt and you know prompt engineering is a thing so get up with speed um, but he did talk about this and we'll have the video up and uh, see if cast soon but yeah, you can see what comes back from you know the the core using CB OpenAI uh, chat right, completion so options. Are we using this on the Ordis Chat GPT? No, we're not. Uh, this is uh, the, just using the API uh, directly. Uh, we're using the module. We built Chat GPT before uh, Grant built this, but Grant and I were the ones who were working together on the Chat GPT stuff, and so you know that was you know a good separate you know sort of enterprise so, but so, we could update it to use this and you know use the api so, so this would allow you to bypass the the python libraries that we use for the chat gpt stuff yeah this direct uh, directly interfaces with right, open ai yeah. but we don't have all the lang chain stuff that we're using top secret uh thing mm. scott's one you would have heard but lang chain's an open source library that helps you communicate better with the llms you know it gives you ways to like merge different embeddings and uh agents together and gives you chains of things and so it can give you a lot more this one you'd have to build a lot of that sort of stuff yourself which you can the open ai apis are really great for that and the, uh, the idea with this one is, is that this is open ai and the we're going to you know, try and do similar things with like Bard from Google and some of the other ones. And so, you know, it's a good one here. But if you can see, um, he's basically trying to generate a dog in a hat or whatever. I think that's what it was. If we go back, was it a dog with a funny hat was the, the create image prompt. And then basically it output that. So. so we need to update our orders chat GPT to start using this then. Get that Langchain yeah. stuff added. They also in. have a TypeScript version of the Langchain stuff as well. So if you don't want to use the Python. But Python is where all the, the development is. That's where everyone in the AI world lives in Python. So that was the the first thing. But yeah, there's a whole TypeScript piece and then you can interact with the APIs directly yourself. But some of the cool things you get from uh, the Langchain, you know, open source stuff you won't have available there. But it's still so pretty we cool. need we need some clients out there looking to do some AI integrations to come work with Ordis so we can get some some funding to finish fleshing out this module is what I hear. Yeah, <laughs> it could be. I mean, and the thing is, like you know, this case study here, Grant actually showed of a real client project. You know, like they did all this work to fix a bunch of like poor titles and SEO descriptions and everything else, bad grammar, misspellings. You know, and OpenAI 
basically they worked out to be 30 bucks, you know, like less, basically a cent per product is what it costs to fix <laughs> all those things. So they got better product descriptions. They're more readable, longer descriptions, convincingly human, no misspellings and grammar issues, better SEO, meta keywords and meta descriptions. And, you know, basically that's pretty cool in was a that day an orders, was that an orders client that was an orders client uh, grant worked Dang. on it and so that's why it's we have sort of... we have silos going on at orders i don't even know what people are working on sometimes that's awesome i wish yeah. i could have seen this session now yeah so i mean well, basically hey, it'll be on cfcast soon won't it it will for sure <laughs> and so uh yeah but open the cb open ai get a taste of what it's doing and you know obviously you can contribute back to that one make it better and then we can try to make similar ones for some of the other the other pieces but yeah with like there's lots of different things you can use and tie into and so this is it's kind of neat you know but the only thing is brad with the open ai api interface like we don't we can't do vectorizing in the api yet any of that other stuff so we we trained our stuff so we'd have to basically create a vector and then pass the vector through the api when you stuff, say so. a vector when you see a vector what do you mean a uh, vector database is the way they store the ai probabilities they, they basically you take text which are like essentially groups of words and you know punctuation they break them down to tokens each token is then mathematically calculated to be uh, probable probability of following and preceding other things and essentially mm -hmm. it's this weird vector database and that's how it's all stored and so when you do a you know when you enter something in you basically query the vector database to find similar things or probability wise might show up then you send that and your prompt all the way back to uh you know open ai or whatever you're using with the pieces of the vector database and then it uses that to figure out the response and then generates the text to try to make it sound good so yeah so basically these are little simple things if you want to like say hey here's 23 orders get books and we want you to use this to figure out you know a response that would be a lot more work because you don't want to be passing all of that content to open ai over the api because you use a ton of tokens and it'll be a whole lot more than a, a few dollars for you know some questions and answers but right all right, so oh, yeah. somebody out there needs to come hire Ordis to do some AI stuff so they can keep fleshing this out. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> we, super cool. We build, a, we build a lot of stuff on our free time, but the reality is a lot of the libraries that, that we built are actually because we have a client project and someone's paying us to, oops, that's hit my microphone. Someone's paying us to come, you know, solve their problems, and out of that is where these uh, open source modules spring from. So there's obviously a lot of uh, places we can take this. Yeah, I mean, it's super cool. And if you guys aren't using Copilot in your code or even the Copilot Labs for asking questions, you know, summarizing, expanding regexes so you know what the heck they mean, there's a lot <laughs> of cool things out there where, you know, AI can help you. Just remember, it's generating text based on probability. So a lot of times it figures out what the function name should be for your language. But if they're like cold fusion, they never write. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you could use them to figure out what you should be naming things. So you know maybe we should do yeah. that with our cold box stuff like what should we be naming our functions oh gosh don't do that cold box eight will rename everything again <laughs> maybe <laughs> anyway so that is our forge box module of the week cb open ai go play with some chat go generate some images and have some fun next up we have our vs code hint tip and trick of the week and this one um daniel garcia shared and it's called vs power mode I feel and like you're, you're saying it wrong. Like you need to imagine Hulk Hogan being like power, code, mode. power mode, you know, like WWF or something. Yeah. I'm not quite as cool as you, but <laughs> I was like, what the heck is power mode? And I'll show you. So power mode is this little 
repo, which basically when you start typing, you get explosions and you get hit counters. And apparently it's been in every other IDE out there except for VS Code because VS Code wouldn't let you do it. But they worked hard to bring it to you. And so, you know, there's powerful combination meters. Um, you got some strong defaults and different effects. So, yeah, you can do particles. Does it play sound effects? Uh, I don't know. I don't have it in on, on my view here, so I'm not sure. But You haven't got... installed it and used it, Kevin? <laughs> I haven't yet. I just found it this morning. But apparently you can do riffs. You can do riffs exploding. Oh, um, my gosh. Yep. You can do fireworks. I want to know how much it slows down VS Code. Well, the funny thing is VS Code doesn't give you access to the DOM elements. They're actually using it um, by right. doing text decoration. So that's why it was kind of weird. Oh, but you wow. can do magic. If this is Clippy, Brad, your Clippy is there. <laughs> <laughs> Love uh, it. So you can change different things. and uh, But yeah, that's something pretty interesting. But the, the funny thing is, is like I said, apparently every other, um, yeah, every other major editor had it. And so they had to get it to work. So they said it wasn't possible, <laughs> not implementable. Currently not implementable. <laughs> Cross that. That's yeah, hilarious. But, but apparently they did it. So, uh, but yeah, I, that, that combo meter is pretty cool. So the I, faster you I type, just... the higher combo meter goes. So if you slow down and think about it, your combo meter goes down. So we need we need to like dare someone to do an entire conference session using para mode. Uh, I'm tempted to throw it in there for Luis. See if he's as fast as he thinks he is. So <laughs> live coding, here we go. <laughs> but anyway, a uh, bit of bit of fun there. There are some other good ones coming as well. But you know, sometimes that stuff just you know break up your day a little bit and make you smile. So VS Code Power Mode. So um, so I I know we're at the end of the podcast, but I just saw some like live news coming out from uh, from Luis regarding the. Um, Ortis Hibernate extension. Do you want to you want to cram that in? Oh well, I did. Uh, yeah, let's we can do that. I I, I did want to get that out there. They were still working on the blog post for it, but well, it, it, the blog uh, post was released. I know. I'm adding it right now, so if I uh, can find where the heck I saw Louis post it. I already I, got it. Oh, do you? Okay. Yep. So it's in the marketing channel. But anyway, I'm gonna share it on our screen for those who are watching. And so we'll go back and yes, we'll. So this is live content, people streaming to you live at the speed of Twitter. Yep, introducing the Audis ORM extension. What so is during, this? So during the keynote, they made a, a a little thing about forking something, and everybody's like, "Did they fork Lucy?" No, uh, we <laughs> forked the Lucy Hibernate extension, and so now we're, we have the Audis ORM extension, and so. Uh, Michael Bourne's been doing a lot of work on this, <laughs> writing a whole bunch of Java and uh, done a ton of work and made a huge amount of uh, updates as well. So not only do we port it, we uh, we did a lot of work, make some fixes, make some changes, and he's already got ORM reload time down by 60%, which is crazy. Yeah, Michael Bourne spent, I don't know how much time ripping the, the Hibernate extension apart and rebuilding it. Um, and I mean, I say that sort of jokingly, but uh, also not joking. Um, and this is the newest version of Hibernate, which is built on the, sorry, the newest version of the extension built on, I don't know, I don't want to say the newest, but whatever significantly newer version of Hibernate. Um, for any of you using just like Lucy 5.3.10 and whatever Hibernate extension you get out of the box, 
you're still, I believe, on Hibernate like 3.5, which is like 8 billion years old and just like chock full of CVEs. Um, and or to sponsor the development to update that ORM extension to use newer version of Hibernate. Uh, but that still hasn't made it into a a version of Lucy yet. Um, it's, it's always slated for Lucy 6, which has always been like seven years away. Um, and one of the main reasons was there was always this like cloud of just regressions hanging over that extension that we just couldn't get moving on and we couldn't get fixed. And we have clients, big clients, that use ORM in, in Lucy and they need Hibernate to work and you know, all those bugs to be fixed. Um, and obviously, you know, it hasn't been a core... Um, uh, concern of the 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 core lucy team um because not a lot of people use hibernate it's more of a fringe feature and so it's always kind of just languished off in the bug tracker with all these things uh but it's important to us and it's important to our clients so that's basically why we said well this is open source you know we can help take over this extension and we can help push it forward and we can fix these bugs and so the the newest version of this extension not only is using the newer hibernate versions but it has a whole ton of bug fixes that we've put in um, that we found to fix most of the problems people were still having um, with uh, with the Hibernate stuff. So anyway, it's out there in ForgeBox. Um, you just need to uninstall Lucy's Hibernate extension, or if you start with Lucy Lite, just install our GUID for it. And yeah. uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of movement and updates happening on that extension, which is super exciting. Yeah, very cool. Um, so other news while we're on the sidetrack news. So Charlie, you said, uh, speaking of Clippy, that Microsoft announced that Cortana is going the way of the Dodo Bird 2. So Microsoft's killing off their uh, assistant, which is interesting. I know a few people actually really like that. Um, I never used it. I always found that annoying. I find yeah. it as annoying as the stupid Bing button on the side of my Samsung Android phones. So I'm just trying to turn the stupid volume down. And it's like, Oh, you're being personal assistant. Like, shut up. Get, go. I don't want you. You know, like, you like literally can't turn it off. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Cortana was just as annoying to me as that. <laughs> I yep. never used it. And speaking of the other big players too. So uh, Apple now no longer has any products using an Intel chip. They've got the last of the, the chips have been migrated off. So they're using M1s and M2s from Apple. Really? I mean, yep, I knew all the new stuff ran on M1s. I didn't know, but they were actually like, I think, leaving uh, did I they think, have like a beef with intel that they're leaving them or is it just they just, think this is the way forward well i think they can have better control better pricing better heat management um you know better battery right. life because they can control everything and so these are all arm right yeah so basically all this stuff right. is armed now so it's down there sorry i didn't change it back to news for us but um but yeah it's kind of interesting that that sort of happened of course they released the 3600 dollar goggles which is funny because google and goggles really close but apple released goggles you know google glasses used to be pretty slick cool similar to the glasses you're wearing and they could do some interesting things but now they've got the big ready player one type goggles so if you want to wear like ski goggles around on your head 300 pound uh, goggles you can pay about almost four thousand dollars for them and uh you can uh, wear those <laughs> but apparently it's someone's like well you can do facetime now but they can't see your face because you've got goggles on so it's like eye time <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> here's a close-up of my retina while, while we're talking exactly and so people are going to be taking snapshots of people's retinas and see what they can unlock with bio you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh retinal yeah. scan complete <laughs> but yeah there was some other interesting uh apple stuff but those are the big things that that draw my attention too so lots of interesting stuff happening in the tech world but anyway back to uh the rest of the show 
let's finish up with our Patreons. So we want to thank our Patreon supporters. Um, without them, they really couldn't do half the stuff we do, right, Brad? Right, you are, Gavin. Without them, we couldn't do half the stuff we do. Yep. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah, obviously they're personally supporting us, and uh, we appreciate each and every one of them. And uh, there are some perks. If you go to patreon.com slash autosolutions, you can find out more about what all the different levels are. And uh, some of the perks you have, if you're a bronze member, you get the Forgebox Pro and CFcast subscription as a perk for being a Patreon subscriber. And you also get some uh, profile badges on the community website, and you get a private access on the community website, and you also get a private channel on the Box Team Slack. So if you guys want to get us any news or anything special and you're a uh, supporter, make sure you're in the Box Team Slack Patreon channel, and uh, yeah, you give us some inside information, any news or anything you guys see that you want us to cover uh, or any job opportunities you have. Remember the community.autosolutions.com. Uh, it's search engine friendly. So if you guys have questions and uh, asking them there means we can Google and find them later. But we have a, a lot of uh, a lot of Patreons. We can only handle reading out the top few. So Brad, you want to give us the, the top Patreons that we have this week? Yes, our proficient patreons as opposed to that oh you just deleted it is that the word is that the uh, adjective from last week oh uh, maybe i'm not sure so that's maybe okay <laughs> uh well we have john wilson from Snaptrix. we have tomorrow's guides and we have jordan clark yep and then we have gary knight mario rodriguez john Carlo gomez david bellinger dan Card, mm-hmm. jeffrey mcgee from sunstar media audio gavin did you oh i don't know it looks oh. like i've got audio and you're back Okay, well, I'll start again for then. So, <laughs> apparently my internet's unstable. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, but Gary Knight, Mario Rodriguez, Giancarlo Gomez, David Bellinger, Dan Card, Jeffrey McGee, Dean Maunder, Nolan Irk, Abdul Rahim, and Kevin Wright. Who Big thanks to Kevin, who just made a, a bump up. So, he's now on our top Patreon. So, thanks for that, Kevin. We appreciate it. And uh, many more Patreons. So, thanks, everybody. Have a great one. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.